things. Yeah, we can. Uh, so yes, hello everybody, and welcome back to the Dead One Syndicate podcast. I am your host, Drelly Eight, and with me is my wonderful co-host, Doctor Plague. And today, uh. I kind of thought we would have been starting this like two hours ago, but we just kind of got caught up on other stuff. And now I'm like three bottles of water in, I've eaten chili and rice, and I'm just like, I just kind of want to go to sleep, but I I, I need to make the, we need to record the episode. (laughs) No, I hear you, I hear you. Uh, So, also, my throat's kind of, was a little bit iffy earlier, so if I just pass the mic off to you... Um, I'm, I'm sure we're going to be in very capable hands. Um, but that being said, uh, first, might as well get the blurb out of the way. The, the blurb is now incoming, and the blurb is if you want to reach out to us at uh, for email or for asking questions, you have a suggestion for a topic for the show, if you just want to say hi, you can email us at deadonesyndicate at gmail.com. That is deadones, O-N-E-S, syndicate at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter with D-O syndicate, at D-O syndicate. We are on TikTok, deadonesyndicate. And that is all... Oh, we're on Spotify. We're on YouTube, deadonesyndicate. Yeah. And that's pretty much everything that matters at this point in time. Yeah, so far. So far. Um, before we jump into the show topic, we actually have our first email. Someone, yeah. someone, someone uh, took the plunge and has enough faith or curiosity in us to just send us an email. And I... I already have it brought up. I'll go ahead and read it. But if we, uh, I, I, I look forward to the point to where we have enough people messaging us that we have to take turns reading emails throughout the show. Oh yeah, like oh, that yeah, is fun. Uh, also, yes, please email us. We wanna, we wanna talk to other people. <laughs> please, please. please. <laughs> okay. Um, show us validation. All right, we have uh, just titled topic. Um, Heyo, Artie from Texas here with a topic I think would be cool for your podcast. As a longtime Magic the Gathering player, I've played a lot of different styles of decks over the years. It's usually just me and my friends when we play, so we ignore the ban lists and... Okay. <laughs> you ignore the ban list? What? <laughs> okay. That's terrifying, based off of what's in the game. Um, uh, ignore the ban list and just make whatever we enjoy at the time. This is very different where when we go to game stores, um, obviously ban lists are in, are in effect, but I've also run into people who will not, in full caps, will not play if you're running certain things, blue control or creature spam, for instance. Um, so, topic, question, whatever you want to call it, what are things you will not play slash run in games? Card games are fine, but I think this could extend into tabletop games or fighting games as well. Thanks for reading. Good luck out there. Artie from Texas. And I'm not going to spam his Twitter handle. <laughs> um, so, wow. int- an interesting take. And I can't, this actually brought up a couple things to me. Because um, I've straight up been told to um, unsubscribe from life and hope that I get cancer for bringing a specific kind of deck to a table at a card game shop. Yeah. And granted, yeah, it was a very toxic style deck, but it was also very un like untuned. So it wasn't like the best in the world, like by any means. 
but I have ran into plenty of people who will not play against like slivers or will not play against blue white control decks in Magic. Squirrel decks. Squirrel. I don't have a problem with squirrels. I just don't like how ridiculous uh, it gets. Oh no! Yeah, it does. It gets. I, I, but 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 I get what you're saying. It's and yeah. there's. I mean, and I think that actually kind of also goes to episode zero, or not uh-huh. episode zero, uh, episode one, the rule episode zero. Episode one, rule zero. You know what? We probably should have named the episode a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a little yeah, confusing, yeah. But, but yeah, absolutely. It's about knowing, yeah. um, uh, continue. But, but it's about knowing, it's about knowing what, what people, but I mean, I feel, I feel that they're so personally like it's how it's how things are being approached like um like for me there's things that i refuse to play and there's things that i refuse to play against to a degree yeah um for for me personally one of the biggest things is is that why am i why am i getting to the point where i don't want to play against this is it because i just can't think of in the moment how to counteract this and then it's going around and trying to figure out ways to counteract that and like if somebody you know like for me if it was a if i knew somebody was running a sliver deck or a squirrel deck i would run something that had a lot of um a lot of potential to destroy other creatures and sure. to buff up mine to have a, have a small army that can take out different things when they when they when they um when they go to the graveyard um as well as make it in centering that around an exhumed deck yeah absolutely so a lot and, of recursion that, yeah so to me it's one of those things where it's kind of it kind of goes along uh, goes along the lines of people who are trying to be competitively casual. I get that. Uh, go ahead. Uh, um, I just, uh, you know, you finish your thought first because what I'm about to talk to kind of goes into a little bit of a story. Okay, and I just feel like that a lot of times, like what, like what, what, and what I mean by competitively casual is that they want to play the game casually, but they they want to be competitive while they play it and in order for them to play the game casually they can't they can't or won't devote time into learning the more intricacies the ins and outs of different things they just want to be able to pop in play the game and win with the, with what their base knowledge is yeah, I get that. Um, it it also so. might be a thing where that's just kind of how their brain works is optimization, because the uh, a casual table can have any number of um, decks there or situations, but just where my brain is, I automatically think, well, what's a cool way that I can do this? What's a certain way I can do this? And then I. I may not be able to afford all the best stuff ever, but I'll find a way to get there. Like one of my favorite mechanics in the game currently is mill because it, I, I have no doubt that I could build a big beefy deck with strong monsters and cool stuff, but there's something just satisfying about 
yeah, just get rid of the top five cards on your deck, and I'll just I'll just survive until then. And it doesn't always work, but people, do, a lot of pe- most people, don't like going up against alternate win conditions sort of things. Yeah, and they don't. But they some don't people's like minds, they're just they're just wired that way. A perfect thing uh, for that would be like Dominion, the board game, where you're mm-hmm. like you have the all different cards, you earn points, and different stuff like that. I specifically am not a lot like whenever my um, brother-in-law comes by, he loves playing Dominion and he gets it. But my sister, his wife and um, my sister and my other sister and my mom, they don't want me to play Dominion if a specific card is in the game, because every time the card is in the game, I find a way just by accident or just very casually totally just spike my win percentage. Because it involves, if you play this and this and this at the same time, then you could just create this chain reaction that will just net a ton of points, but then you can't do anything because you used all your cards next turn. And Mm. to me, that's fun. I like being able to make, I like seeing all the gears fall into place and see the, the hands of the clock spin really fast. Yes. But that, that's not for everybody. And I totally understand but that's also like that's how I have fun is by seeing those things happen. And I feel like yeah. a lot of people have this preconceived notion towards specific um play styles that just inherently make it bad. Which eh isn't fair. I mean some people do. Some people just want to show up, raffle stomp and leave and cackle like they're the biggest guy on the block and yeah. that's not what I'm talking about at all. But no. Uh, I feel that I feel that a lot of times, like and especially in a because I mean, let's face it, um, magic is a very competitive game. Oh, it is extremely it's extremely competitive. I mean, heck, you and I have played um, a bit of magic arenas Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I've gotten I've I've gotten mad at you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But then but what but what did it do? It turned around and made me want to make a more powerful deck. Yeah. Because I I wanted to just make I'd be mean, like and, and legitimately you're like, oh no, I'll use an easier deck. I'm like, no, you're using that deck. I am destroying that deck. <laughs> and and you did. You you made something that was a threat. You made something that I was like, huh. Okay, well, this is happening now. Yeah, and, and but but see, but it's it's because I, like growing up, like one of the like one of my favorite games was I, I I enjoyed chess. I did enjoy chess. Yeah. Um, and then when I got older, um, I started to like it, it was chess, and then I started to learn how to play Risk, and I enjoyed the game of Risk, but I refused to play that game with my mom. Oh uh, yeah. My mom is a tyrant when it comes to <laughs> chess, when it comes to Risk, and mom, if you're listening. Because I I know I've told you about the podcast, Bob. If you're listening, I still refuse to play Risk with you. We are never getting the game Risk, and we're never playing it because I don't want to go through the seven hours of gameplay that it takes for you just to have complete world domination. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there with one one spot of land, and you're completely surrounding me. I don't like that. It's not fun anymore. <laughs> uh, that for so that reminds me. Um, my mo- my mom 
the the most my mom has ever done with like games or video games um early on in my life was me and her played Super Mario Brothers. Like that's one of my mm-hmm. earliest memories was my mom um getting uh taking the controller, getting me over this one little bit in the level and like that 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 that's real special to me. But she, my mom is by no means a game player. She really just doesn't. However, checkers it is infuriating. Like, I cannot even joke about this because every year my family and I would go up to uh, Indiana um, and along the way. Have you ever been to a Cracker Barrel? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know those big tables they have with the checkers on it? Yep. Yeah. That was just our thing for like, I remember whenever I was like seven the first time and just playing checkers with my mom. Never won for about 13 years. Like, I, we constantly, that was our thing. We would play checkers, we would play checkers a lot, and my mom was just better at it than I was. Like, just in- infinitely better. I think we have played well over a hundred matches, and I have won three of them. And... <laughs> It just, just, it just, uh, what you said about your mom and risk. I was like, oh yeah. man, I'm having flashbacks. I could smell the cornbread and the beef stew. <laughs> I could feel the rocking chair underneath me, and I'm just looking at the board like, I, it's, it's move left or move right. How does she keep beating me? <laughs> but yeah, but, but anyway, back but, on topic. Um, yeah. this it actually uh kind to shift away from magic to another point. Um, did you ever play the old Tekken games? No. Um, okay. I was more of a I was more of a um, somewhat Street Fighter, but heavily into Mortal Kombat. That yeah. was my jam. Okay, so uh, I remember this um, specifically. A uh, friend of mine, known him as long as I've been alive. Uh, yo, John, if you hear this, shout out to my boy. Um, uh, we definitely should talk more. Miss you, man. <laughs> we... He was the one who had the PlayStation first whenever uh, we were growing up. And I remember playing, like, uh, Digimon. I remember playing um, uh, Mega Man. But there was Tekken 3. I specifically remember Tekken 3. Because if you ask anybody, like, oh, okay, what's a character you don't like in Tekken? Most of the time, people would say Eddie Gordo. Because he's the dude who does the spinny kicks and dances all over the screen. And it's very mm-hmm. frustrating, especially whenever you can pretty much button spam everything. And he would go into a flying kick combo and it was it was, it was whatever. But Tekken 3 was worse because it had a little garbage turd called Gone. And Gone was this two foot tall dinosaur in a game where people are like fist fighting and all this other junk out of nowhere there's just this little yellow dinosaur called gone and i remember this me and my friends and like their cousins and stuff they would straight out say okay gone is banned you do not get to play him if you accidentally play him we'll hit the reset button on the console you do not play him because this little this little grease weasel had a special ability that would allow him to jump up and breathe fire across the entire floor, one side of the screen to the other. Mm-hmm. And once you knew how to do that, 
you would not ever lose. It doesn't matter how fast you were. It doesn't matter how better you were at combos. All you have to do is constantly just keep spamming fire breath at the ground. You will win. And it was an yeah. easy combo to pull off. So I remember, like, yeah, gone totally banned. Uh, I remember several times later, uh, they actually wouldn't play with me if I was playing Eddie Gordo because I like the martial arts dancing style of Capoeira. And okay. Eddie Goro does that so well. And, um, you know, that's actually another topic we could look at. Martial arts movies. I, oh, man. I mm, put a pin in that yeah. one for later. Anyway. Yeah, that, that, um, anyways. Back, um, way and, back on topic here. Way back on topic. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's been several characters. Uh, perfect other one for Smash Brothers. Um, the, uh, the, my sister, I think she was not allowed to use Yoshi. Because it was just unfun for everybody else if she ever used Yoshi on this. This is like the N64 version so, of Smash Brothers. So this kind of reminded me of something like this whole this whole topic because this that drudged up that drudged up repressed memories <laughs> of something. Um, okay, so um, little I think I kind of touched on it uh, previously. A um, bit revenge days. Yeah, yeah. Um, we our fighting game of choice and i st i still love this game and i would play it again yeah. soul caliber yo which one all of them yes uh, we loved soul caliber we yeah. absolutely love soul caliber um my favorite character was tira i love tira to death i you know because if you can see my face right now, because I played a lot of Soul Calibur 2, and any time I ever tried to play the campaign mode, I always got raffle stopped by Tira because the AI just seemed to forget what the level limiter was and go full ham. But <laughs> continue. We had to ban more than one character being played. Legit? Legit. By specific people. Ah, I see. And because, you know, like, uh, like I, I didn't really play too many fighting games at that point. I was like starting to get back into it yeah. um, when I was hanging out with them. So like I, the characters that I like to play was Tira and uh, Cervantes. Uh -huh. um, and I was starting to get really good with them. Um, one of our, one of our, one of the people we had to ban Voldo. Yo, I yeah, uh, the weird like noodle arm guy with the mask yes. and the claws. We we called him the codpiece of doom, <laughs> um, because one friend would legitimately do the thing where he would go back on all fours, where he's like bent in half yeah. and like hump in the air, crab walk, and spam that. Another another friend we banned Siegfried and Nightmare because it's basically the same character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and another one, we banned Astroth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's one for sure. And y Yoshimitsu was very close to getting banned. Oh, that guy, that guy absolutely can understand. Just his moveset and his abilities is all over the place and very, I can see how he would be abusable, basically. Yes. But basically to get on track of the, to get on track of the, of the topic of the, the question, uh, of the, whatever, yeah. um, Artie here had, had asked, um, I feel as if that it, it comes down to, hey, no one's having fun because of this. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, I like like if you were to like like Artie, 
gonna kind of talk to you here because you're the the person that's in that's in question here um that's asked the question if um we sat at the table we sat it down at the table at the same the same game store and um we pulled out our magic decks okay and you say you're playing this specific style of deck. we ask each other what kind of what kind of deck you're playing he's playing this specific style of deck now if it was me and i and it was something that was that I just really couldn't. I would ask you first: Do you have any other decks? Yes. Um, because legitimately, I want to play. I want to play to have some fun. Um, I'm not trying to do. I'm not trying to have a competitive game here. We're not trying to compete at this point. Yes, we're trying to win, but I would much rather have a long, prolonged game where I'm not where where I, I don't get frustrated and want to leave. Yeah, exactly. We're not trying to be and, sweaty at the table. Yeah. And like, legitimately, it, I, I feel that a lot of the people, which goes back to the rule zero thing, it is just basically communication. Oh, yeah. And and I've there there are there are as we plainly stated, like there are moments like heck, even in Apex Legends, like we we come across like tonight we came across a rev and a ra- a rampart duo and they laid us to waste because they both had their alts and it's silly op when they both have their alts at the same time it was very synergistic like i'm surprised we didn't think about doing that ourselves at one point exactly but you know like if we can like if we come across like another now now if we come across another rev or rampart team we're going to be a lot more cautious or try to avoid them and try to, and if we can try to make them go into another team, you know, it, it's just all a matter of working with what working with what everything is, is kind of happening around to make everything fun. Yeah. Like if you're, there is no shame in having fun and just building the most overpowered deck out of like band cards being in there, everything, the whole nine yards, like legitimately, me, my, me and my buddy used to do that. We would have like a two hundred and fifty card deck Yo. each, <laughs> and trying to get the cards that we wanted in there. Um, there he 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 did the grindstone millstone combo deck. Ooh, that's nasty. And he built it around. It built his deck around that. And he like legitimately, we just sat there for hours, you know, watching watching a movie. And I remember in his in his mom's house, it, it, we're at his mom's house in his room. By the way, shout out to my boy Josh, my boy Josh. How you doing? Yo, Josh. Uh, um, but uh, he he was just sitting there, just boom, boom, boom. And I'm getting frustrated because like I can't do anything, and you know, and and it's funny to him because I'm getting frustrated, but but we're friends. And yeah, I got mad and I'm like, dude, no more of that deck ever again. And it never, it never, it never really can't, it never really happened. It was, it was always a topic of conversation to like, you know, Hey, you better, you, you know, shut up or I'm going to use the millstone deck on you again, <laughs> you know, it, but yeah. like, yeah, as friends do, as friends do, we rag on each other about, about stuff. But I feel as if, I feel as if like tend people tend to get too bent out of shape about things. Truth. Um, 
and they when they see something that they especially in a in a game that's like that i mean come on look at look at all the people who play like the brs especially the ones especially the ones like call of duty who have death comms and like they the the death comms that people get you know <laughs> using game using gamer words etc cetera, etc cetera. because yeah. they get so bent out of shape because they're so they're so casually competitive very true and and you know yeah you got the people who are competitive and who, who are going into these pleb things and the pleb lobbies and just like you know crapping on people but everybody wants it, to be the doctor but no one can handle the disrespect no exactly <laughs> uh, but but it, yeah it, I, I i feel that that's yeah, this does. Um, I, there is one more thing I wanted to touch on this, and it would kind of like segue into our actual topic for the episode. This has been a great email, by the way. Um, Fantastic. Um, Sparked up very good conversation. Concerning tabletop stuff, what are things that you just do not allow? Like you know, blatant you know bad stuff aside, what are just some stuff that you do not allow at a a role-playing table if you're in charge or even if you're a player and for me personally and thankfully it hasn't shown up but mm -hmm. I, I do not want the character i don't i don't want the traditional rogue in the sense of i'm gonna steal everything from the party all the time yeah i totally understand if you if a character would steal something from another character, I think it could bring forth good RP. But if that is your character's whole thing is I'm just gonna steal everything, including everything from another player character, like that's that's not cool. That's not fun. Cause specifically, I remember this. I was I think I was we were gonna be running encounters, um, and I think I was the one running it. But uh, two friends of mine from uh, where I used to live. Uh, two friends of mine, they were both, uh, one was, I think, a fighter something, but the other, very specifically, was a tiefling rogue. Mm -hmm. And he had, and this is before I had any common sense or knowledge about it, he had written up his, he, it was literally every meme you could think of, he had written up his character on his own, without mm -hmm. showing it to me first he had chosen this specific skill set which basically allowed him to have a sleight of hand of like plus 10 at like level 3 and he went out of his way to steal everything he could in broad daylight of the other player mm. like right in front of him all with this big grin on his face yeah, and that always really stuck with me because I was like, "No." I mean, I mean, aside from like, if I was running a D and D campaign, like, like I am all for like I am all for people having fun, yeah, and doing stuff. Um, over sexualizing over sexualized characters, I, I, like no, yeah, I, I that that to me that takes away from a lot of the things that can be happening. Um, like if people want to do to do the sexy sex um with their character and another character that's fine do it in private yeah um if your character like, could be easily confused for the horny bard stereotype you're doing it wrong and but the game that i mostly um run 
would be World of Darkness stuff. Yeah. And that that is intrinsically a dark game. Yeah. It is Absolutely. It's dark. Insane. Dark subject matter, dark everything. It is serious. It can be funny, but it is mostly serious. You can you I played a silly character in it, but when times were being serious, like he was serious. Yeah. He he could. He was he, you know, but the, it didn't detract from the game. Exactly. What I don't allow is people memeing for memeing sake with a character. Yeah. Um, like, like, especially like making, making essentially the, like if somebody, if somebody were to make the Chad meme and yeah. go hard with that, uh-huh. I would be like, okay, hold on. I know I'd have to talk. I, I would, I would, you know, explain to him. I don't like this. I don't like this kind of stuff at my table mm-hmm. when I'm running a campaign that is specifically serious. Yeah. Um, and this is assuming you still would have had the rule zero thing. And if they bring yeah. that in after the fact, that's not cool. No. And, but, but, but as it stands, it's just one of those things where it's just like, like if I, if I go into a, if I go into a game and like, because rule zero is not the, is not the Bible or anything. The, the, the rule, the, the word of God or God's, it is not. It is legitimately, it can, things can come out, like I, as we stated in that, in that episode, things can happen in the game or whatever later on that have, that are amendments to that f- first initial rule. Sure. Um, but me, if, if I get into a game where, like, people are trying to doink every single character, every single NPC from there on out, that takes away things from me. Yeah, absolutely. And I would be like, okay, what one that, that, uh, you know, if I was the person running the table, I'd be like, okay, Oh, hold on. No, I don't like that. It's not fun. It's just not, it's not fun. It wasn't fun for me when I was in that situation. Think about the other people around you. And two, it, drags everything to be at a slower pace because now there's so much going on and like like i have seen other other games other games that are being played that have had characters like that at the very beginning when when the when when the they were first in front of the cameras when they first when they started playing but then later on they legitimately changed tunes and it was kind of like the character grew and the character can grow and a character can and, and it can, and it can be but when you're about when you're running about like five when you when you're about five sessions in and each session somebody is trying to doink somebody else it's kind of it gets it kind of gets really quick. it gets it gets really old really quick so and it's just it's just that dichotomy of what you're willing to put up with. Yeah. Yeah. But I really and, hope uh, this answered this question. <laughs> I, for I their hope question. so too. Yeah. Thank you so much, Artie, for the question. And 
to, to swing down on that, let's swing up into the next question. I'm going to parse one to you. Mm-hmm. And I think you know where I'm going with this. Uh, you used to play Warcraft for about how long? Over 15 years, I think. Over 15 years. Well, and let me think here. Or 10. Over 10. Over 10 years. Over 10 years. So what would you say is one of the biggest problems like from whenever you started Warcraft to whenever you left, what was one of the biggest problems with the game overall? The story was so convoluted at that point. Story was convoluted. Um, They, they like, I mean, I know I, I listeners, I know, I know what the topic is of the, of the thing. (laughs) Um, So I'm just going to come out and say it because this is a, is the fact that they did nothing for a lot of the old areas, exactly. a lot of the old content, a lot like, of the old content is and is still now, and I don't think they ever had any intention of it's obsolete. Every and it was the it was it was the joke, and it was a repeated problem, and people just put up with it for a long time. Every time you would get progression throughout the story, you would complete the game, you would get all the cool stuff, you would max out your character. The moment the new expansion dropped, it was all invalidated. Because yep. everything was just... all of your gear, all of your spells, you had more stuff to have to and it is good to always have something to reach for. But yep. and this is always uh, this is a rule I've always said about games and I, I hold myself accountable to this should I ever actually complete one. If there is something in a game that is good, I am never going to get... If people enjoy it, I'm not going to get rid of it. I am going yep. to add on top of it, I may balance other stuff, but I am not going to explicitly get rid of things that make the game good or that people have enjoyed. For me personally, I know Miss, uh, Not Mr. Pandaria. Um, Warlords of Draenor. I yep. love that expansion for the sole reason of having a garrison because that was cool. I could I could build a place, I could do this, I could have a house, I could have a garden, I could have the menagerie, I could have the the shipyard. Like all of that was super cool and I designed all of it. I I I said who was there, I said who stood there. It was cool and it meant something to me. But as soon as what was it? Legion? Was Legion after? Yep. Yeah, yep. as soon as Legion came out, all of a sudden, and that's how I made my money too. Like I made a lot of money going on missions, picking up stuff, and flipping just raw gold from these uh, shipyard missions. But as soon as Legion got out, they didn't just nerf it; they neutered it. Like everything in there was reduced in value, like immensely. You got next to nothing for essentially the same amount of effort. And I feel yeah. like that's a very bad way in game design to push people towards new stuff is to make what they are doing and enjoying bad. I mean, let's yeah. also like kind of and we'll, we'll get off Warcraft, but there's so much to pick at it here. Oh, um, yeah. Look at uh, what was the one where you were fixing Azeroth? Um, oh, Battle for Azeroth. Is that what it was? The, uh, the, the one where... Yes, yes. Yeah, Battle yeah, for Battle, Azeroth. Ba- Battle for Azeroth, yeah. You got this cool power that gave you cool abilities that you could level up in a certain way. You could go on these epic quests to get different stuff and what they do at the end of it. 
you just you, you had to sacrifice the cool artifact that you spent so much time into. They took that away. They uh, well, they, the artifact weapons and, and the artifact weapons in Legion, like same thing. Like you go through all this trouble. I was attached to the rifle that you got as a hunter. I loved that gun. That was so cool to me because I remember going to that one area and like my gun being struck by lightning from the gods and yeah. like powering up. I was like, this is the, co-. and then you just, oh, spoilers. They just, that you lose the artifact weapon. And yeah, you do, you, 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 you hit the sword of Sargeras so that it doesn't poison the world anymore. And with your artifact weapon. And then it and, just, everything you put into it is now gone. And yep. that's, that's not fun. That's not cool. I and, mean, you get, you get, you still get the cool skin, but that's it. Yeah. It, it, it took away, like, that game tries so hard for micro, micro, um, micro epic moments mm-hmm. where versus going for the longevity of it all. Yeah. And like they, they have so many, like, they don't go back and look at the story that they created. They don't look, go back and look at anything and they retcon so many things when it comes to it. And I, you know, 100%, like I was a blizzard fanboy. I'm going to say this right now. I was a blizzard fanboy. I love that game. I fought people for my love of that game. And like, I part of me still really likes aspects of the story and aspects of everything that goes on. I have very fond memories tied to that game, mm-hmm. but they just they destroyed their own their own creation. They really did by, by muddling it up. Yeah, and and like where where there's bad, there's also good and a different game. Yeah. And that to me was is Final Fantasy 14. Like Here's your legitimate... soapbox. I'm a, I'm going to take a sip from my bottle of water. Floor is totally yours for the next foreseeable future. So, Final Fantasy 14, for those for those who have never played it or anything of that nature, um the original game was terrible. Um Yoshi P came in was like we know this is bad and that was the, gonna... the who the developer the lead director the he was the lead he was the lead direct uh, uh lead developer yeah okay gotcha. the, he came in as he came in as a lead developer gotcha okay so to my knowledge if my 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 base knowledge of the past like six months is i've gotten a crash course on all this so so he comes in he immediately starts working on a realm reborn um saying that something's right around the corner, et cetera, et cetera. Cool. Everybody's like, okay, cool. You know, it's not going to be an update. It's going to be a whole overhaul of the game. And they did overhauled it. They had a lot to fill in, in, in a realm reborn. That's why it's a drudge. There's a lot of story. There's a lot of exposition. There's a lot of things that are happening. And you you see a lot of it, and that's why it takes so long to get through. Then the game starts ramping up in Heaven's Ward, and then Stormblood. It, it Stormblood is a really good expansion. I do like Stormblood as an expansion, 
it's better when you do all the the extra quests, the side quests and all that stuff, because the narrative really comes alive when you do that. Um, and, you know, so on and so forth. So we are now here and we've gone to different areas. I'm being very, very specifically spoiler free um, of all of this. But you've gone to different areas, you've done different things, you've met different people, um, and it, 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 it's just, you remember everybody that you've encountered, for the most part. Then you get to what they had openly said, this is the end of this story arc. These all these expansions up to Endwalker has been one story arc. And that is brilliant. That is brilliantly done. That is brilliantly just mm, chef kiss. But here's the thing. Through it all, yes, there are new areas, there are new, there are new major cities, there's new places that you can go and see. When you go in each expansion, you wind up going back to the old places for something. So they keep it all relative and they keep it all as this is not old content. This is not an old area. This is still a part of this living world. Don't forget about this place. This is very much a living, breathing area. Entity in a city. And to kind of just just quick interjection here, thinking about it, they also built the game for that purpose because of how the Ethernet work works. Mm -hmm. Because in, in Warcraft, you could teleport to a few set locations. Otherwise, you got to fly along there. And that, I mean, whenever you can go and get a bag of popcorn and the time it takes to go from Orgrimmar to, I don't know, North Thunder, Bluff. Thunder Bluff. It takes yeah. too long. It is time wasted for no good reason. And but in Final Fantasy 14, it is easy to once you have the network unlocked, you can just teleport from point A to point B. It makes going back to those places easier. It is not an it is not an imposition to go back to those old areas. No, it's not it's not it's not a chore to go back to to take a to to tackle whatever it is that you need to do, you know you don't have to jump through, you don't have to sit there and go, like in Warcraft, this is this is I am not even kidding, for people who haven't played WoW, this previously it would be like okay so I gotta take I gotta I gotta hearth here and then or to to go to here to take the to to teleport to this place and then there's in this place there's a teleport that goes that takes me here and then i got to fly over here that has a place that i can that has another teleport that i could teleport to here to fly over to another place to where i got to go yeah that, i mean i'm how, not even kidding how many times like there was what last time i checked five or six probably more items dedicated just to teleporting you to different specific locations. Yeah, there like, was a, at least there that. was different different hearthstones yeah. um for different things cuz you had your garrison hearthstone, you and had the dollar hearthstone. Um, those are permanent things that are taken up slots in your inventory which is never enough no matter how many yeah. bags you get. And you have 
all of that. Um, and everybody would be like, we'll just get a mage to port you. Yeah, but the, the likely so so the thing is is that you know it, it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, exactly. it legitimately shouldn't be that way because you got a game like Final Fantasy 14 where there is so much to do. There is so much content to do in that game. It it is legitimately a it is legitimately a RPG and it's sur- it's centered around being a role playing game. And it is to to kind of like kind of like roll with this it is also a choice if you want to take those fast travel networks you can still because i've heard the argument that fast travel ruins video games and i do not believe that at all i do feel that as long as it's not forced on you you're fine as long as it's not like what uh, what was that game about walking um Death Stranding. As long mm-hmm. as it's not Death Stranding's level of walking, if you want to just ride a horse or get in a cart and just go the full length of the of the travel that way, then that is your choice. But also, it needs to be balanced for people who don't necessarily want to spend that much time. So exactly. they have the Aether Network. Yeah, so, and you they have chocobo riders. Yeah. They have different. They have different things. They have flight paths in the game that costs less than um, using the Ethernet network. Uh-huh. I think they're called porters and, or something. Yeah, different porters all over in the different little small areas that, you know, that that exist. Because, and and the other thing is, is that, like, oh my gosh, I could, look, there, there's so much wrong with World of Warcraft and a lot of the systems that they have implemented. And this is not about that. This yeah, this is yeah. not about this is not about it's any about of reusing that. old content. So. It is really about reusing old content, and I got to remember that, and I'm telling myself <laughs> that because I'm getting heated and I'm getting passionate. All right. Um, well, in efforts of swaying that a little bit, I do have a slight difference that um you haven't been in it as the extent that I have, but you kind of under you'll understand um Magic the Gathering. Now, mm-hmm. Magic the Gathering has a deep, thick dense history of games cards and stuff like that and the farther back you go the more expensive the game gets and with people how they you know they design their decks there is a ban list which is shout out to you already thank you thanks again Um, (laughs) there is a ban list of cards that people abide by if they want to play competitively or play in like sanctioned areas uh, like uh, local game stores tournaments stuff like that but there is also there is the full catalog of everything. There's like vintage, legacy, the different formats that encourage big building on those older cards. Adversely, you have what happened with Yu-Gi-Oh. Did you ever play Yu-Gi-Oh? Nope. Okay. No, I couldn't get in. I couldn't get in anything besides Magic. I got I, nothing. Okay. So. so here's the biggest problem with Yu-Gi-Oh. In my opinion, Yu-Gi-Oh did. A lot of cool cars, had a lot of cool game mechanics, had a lot of cool stuff. The problem was their ban list was an ever-fluctuating five levels deep of different kinds of bans across the entire game. And they, I genuinely feel like they had three people doing beta testing on cards based off the kind mm. of stuff they allowed because, oh, excuse me, stuff would end up in the game that if you were not it was either 
this is useless unless you have every card of this specific set to be able to play this one kind of deck, or this is so broken because it goes with literally any kind of deck anywhere. So the quality control just wasn't there, but it was a, it was a fun game. I still enjoy playing OG, OG Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm -hmm. I say OG because I'm not sure when, but in the last several years, they did what I don't think any other card game or actual game has done. They changed the they they rewrote the official format because originally you would have five monster zones and five spell or trap zones and then you could like summon monsters play the spells whatever but now it is these zones but also a special card zone and a, most of the cool cards of the games are special summon creatures. You had fusion, you had synchro, you had ritual, stuff like that. You could summon as up to five, and that's the one difference between Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh! You could have that limitation. You could have all the best cards in the world in your deck, but you can only have five on a field. It limited you, and you had to work with that limitation. But now, there was a specific zone where you could only have one special creature on the field at any given point in time. So you have a bunch of cards that were built around having multiple special creatures on the field because that was how they were designed to begin with. Now they're worthless. In an yeah. official game, in an official format, you could not play them. Not to mention all the other different kinds of uh, new mechanics they kept adding in rather than building on old mechanics they just kept getting more and more i feel like the card game was chasing the anime rather than the anime being a cartoon of the card game if that makes any sense yeah no it does it does i mean it's like it's like it's like pokemon at yeah. that point it's, it's like the antithesis of pokemon where pokemon the anime is different than pokemon the video game yeah but and and honestly even the video game because one of the big decisive problems that people had with the um new pokemon uh, pokemon sword and shield was that hey we've almost got a thousand pokemon now in the pokemon in the pokedex you can't access them now in this new game we're gonna you can only have these pokemon you're gonna have the new ones some of the old ones but you're gated off at this point, which left you with now all those Pokemon. Because as someone who has been who has been playing the game since it first came out, I had a collection. I had I had before I lost my Game Boy and some you know someone stole it out of my car. I had a I had a Charizard that I had trained in the Game Boy in the Game Boy um, Silver uh, Pokemon Silver for the Game Boy Color. And I had mm -hmm. traded him and moved him, and like he was the same guy. I had got him all the way up to the um, uh, Nintendo 3DS. Like I loved and cherished this collection. And whenever I lost my entire collection, it was hard. But I got back. I started collecting more, and I collected a lot in like X and Y at the time. But then all of a sudden, all this effort that I put into it is just null and void because, yeah, we're just not going to program a lot of the Pokemon into this new game that has better hardware, better graphics, 
and you know could could feasibly handle the weight and stress of all the Pokemon, we're just not going to do it. And I mean, that, and I understand why they do why they did that. I do get why they did that. I I do too. But on the other hand, like if you know that people have been collecting collecting Pokemon up to the time, and there's no way they didn't know. If you have people who are collectors who do that, who have all of their Pokemon on the most up-to-date version of the game, to just axe specific portions of the game out, or of the collection out, it it does feel like a bit of a slap in the face, and it feels counterintuitive to what the game should have been. Now, a whole lot of other stuff came out, how basically they were su- supposedly, allegedly, reusing sprites, how the formatting and coding of Pokemon was actually intensely bad. Like Mm -hmm. there was no, it was like they did it surface level and there was no optimization. So that was why a lot of the games felt laggy at times was because the game was doing five times the work it should have been because of bad coding. Yeah. So now they could now like as, as a, as to kind of shift my, what I was saying yeah. there that I can understand why they didn't do that because, you know, manpower, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Um, is going to be, you know, it, it, a lot is going to be needed for that, but yes, a lot of, ma- a lot of, a lot of people would be there and needed to make it at the beginning. Correct. If they put it in at launch. Uh, sure. Why can't they patch it later? That that is an excellent point because they really haven't. They, they have could, add, they they've could. added they've added DLC that has added some stuff to the game, but Pokemon. Let me see. Pokemon Sword and Shield came out uh, 2019, so the game's been out for. It came out late 2019, so we'll just say game's been out for two years. They had two DLCs. And that's it. They never opened up the collection. And, and they could, they could have, they could have easily with one of the DLCs be like the expanded, the expanded Pokedex collection, or each DLC as a different portion of the of of the of the Pokedex being expanded. Yeah, uh, the uh, I believe the uh, term for it was the national decks because you had whatever kind of uh, Pokedex um, you had on you. It was typically named after the regions. So like if you're in Kanto is the Kanto decks or if you're in Sinnoh, the Sinnoh decks, but whenever you got, and that was another thing you had to unlock it. You couldn't just go out and catch these new Pokemon. You had to actually catch all of the Pokemon within a region, max it out. And when you did that, the game would unlock and say, Hey, here is all the other Pokemon from the other games, you have to go out and you have to find them too, or have them traded over, and your Pokedex has been upgraded to the National Dex. And that was, it's a badge of honor. It was something that a lot of people went through, myself included, back when uh, Game Boy Advance was the thing. I did that. I went through the trouble of going through and doing all of that. But they haven't in this. And they're, they're not really showing any signs of doing it either, because from what I've seen with Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl... They only have specific sets of Pokemon there, and that is it. Now, in that, I understand to a point, because, of course, it is a remake of an older game. You wouldn't have the newer Pokemon in it. That makes sense. 
but they still don't have everything that should be available up to that point available. Yeah. So I don't understand taking away old content and just letting it, especially whenever the, especially when the game, whatever the medium may be, has people amassing the content that you're creating, be it yeah. uh, trading cards, be it uh, gear in uh, Warcraft or other MMOs, be it uh, Pokemon areas, be it areas, or be it older editions of a tabletop game. And kind of to keep the ball rolling here, I personally feel that whoever is in charge of writing what is getting printed over in D&D land, I feel like they really just had a major fanboy hard-on for the Forgotten Realms. Because yeah. the Forgotten Realms is the outside of Ravenloft and one we had two books on Ravenloft one mm -hmm. the, the second one only showing up recently we yep. had one book on Eberron we have nothing on Greyhawk we have nothing on Dragonlance we have nothing on all the other worlds that are established out there and i don't know if it's licensing or what but see yeah, that that know... was where my that's where my my head went in it went yeah. into it is that it could be it could very well be licensing especially when you have a company like like that where uh -huh. they have so many writers that they have to get licensings to do those certain things again. Yeah, and I, so, I, I, I get that, but at the same time, like, 4th Edition had tons of stuff like that. Like, 4th Edition had multiple Ravenloft books, multiple uh, Eberron books, multiple um, Forgotten mm -hmm. Realms. Now, Forgotten Realms is their their bread and butter baby. I get that. It's like Mario to Nintendo. You're always going to have that. Yep. But it, it, it just doesn't feel like that enough knowledge is put in there to... Oh, excuse me. Chili is coming up hard. Um, <laughs> it feels like, and maybe this is just me talking out my side and I just don't know, but okay, let's take something for, uh, for instance, Spelljammer, Spelljammer, amazing setting, s fantasy space flight, giant Cthulhu ships, flying pyramids, space lizards and squid faces, the whole nine yards. People have a very like, and I think that was like, AD&D or second edition, I don't know. But people mm -hmm. love Spelljammer. And like anytime, especially with like this most recent Unearthed Arcana that came out, it was it talked about the plasmids, the the uh the monkey people, yep. the insect people, and all of that stuff was from Spelljammer. And we're like, "Yes, are we going to get that? That is so cool. That is neat." And then the next thing we hear, yeah, um Strixhaven, College of Chaos, that's the last book we're doing for 5th edition. And we're no longer going to be, gonna be um, releasing content for 5th edition. It's all going to be 5.5 or 6th uh, edition from here on. I'm just like, what? So here's my concern. Are they going to upgrade 5th edition to have its own mm -hmm. side editions? Or are they going to do what they did to 4th edition? Where 4th edition, it takes work and a thesis to upgrade 4th edition content to 5th edition. And that's why people play Pathfinder and like 3.5 because it is a it is essentially a different game. And if you want one in another, you have to jump through some major hoops. Yeah. What's going to happen for the future of D&D? 
Yeah. I I I don't know. Like, I mean, honestly, I I hope that they they go to 5.5 mm-hmm. and just do a a slight sight just kind of step to the side and then step forward. Mm-hmm. Um and kind of do it that way because like I like 5th edition a lot. Yeah. I really do. Um but like I don't uh, I I see where you, I see where you're coming from. I think that they rely they they may be relying too heavily on other people to make the stuff for them. Yeah, cuz honestly this is also where we have seen the biggest boom of homebrew homebrew and third party content like the adventure zone has their own book um critical role has their own book there's several different stuff and like several homebrew um people have just made their own books and just made it 5e compliant but they even many of them have just stated if you want to use this for something other than fifth edition go ahead it was just kind of designed for this but we've kind of built we've we built it to be modular and yep. when you have two to three man teams with that kind of forethought, why hasn't nobody up in, you know, who's getting paid to do this thought of that? Because mm. that is what makes me come back to it. That is what would make me want. I cannot tell you how many people I've started following on Twitter just because they put out homebrew content because yep. it makes good stuff. But they also just share their design process. They share their ideas. And are like, yeah, if you want to do this and this, this is how you would do it. And you could ask them. And it works out really well. And I'm just, I really want there to be, I, I personally think 5e is fine. I feel like if they added more rules to it, it would work without upsetting the apple cart too much. I feel that this we're no longer releasing for this. It is only going to be for this now might be them attempting to break away from the sword coast. But then what do we do with the sword coast? You know? Yeah. And, well, I, and, and yeah, I feel, I feel as if that, I don't know. I feel like there, there might be, there might be some other things and we're straying from topic with, yeah, uh, I feel yeah, we're getting closer. Um, but, There's the scuff. Everything had been going pretty well in the beginning. No scuff. The scuff just turned up in the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah. But I, that that can be that could, that could be a whole another episode, like talking about different things when it comes to that. True. Um. And, and theory, speculation, and et cetera, et cetera. Um. But I mean, to get to get on topic, is that you know there. A lot of the times, a lot, a lot of the, a, the biggest, the biggest problem is, is that a lot of these people don't realize what they're doing. They get so hyper-focused on a lot of the things instead of having in the back of their mind X, Y, and Z. Um, yeah. You know, like World of Warcraft, there was, there was a, there was a serpent tail and a dungeon or raid and somebody asked them about that, and they're like, oh, yeah, that doesn't mean anything now. And then they removed it from the dungeon, a raid. Huh. Really? Because, yeah, because they completely forgot about it. It was supposed to be something, and they just completely forgot about it. They they have no, they had no path with it. Whereas Final Fantasy, legitimately everything just cultivated together, 
and to a series of mind blowing events. And you're remembering people that you that were in the back of your mind. And you're like, oh, it's whoa, it's you. And, you know, and it's like the it's, like it, it's the quality. It's like, it, yeah. it's it's that recognition that sparks that return of interest. Mm -hmm. Whereas and and the other thing is, is that reusing like like not even just reusing old content like okay there there i'm gonna say this right now there is a difference between reusing old content and keeping all content current and yes. we're talking about keeping all content current yeah because reusing old content is not okay that's no. just lazy oh that's yeah just, no that that's the same if it's it's using unreal engine 3 assets five well honestly it's skyrim if you think about it mm, it's yeah. just constantly putting out the same thing same thing buffing it up a little bit but just continually putting out the same thing because it worked once you expect it to work another hundred times and that's and that is that is not okay no what so and the other thing is is that like when you have when you have games like mmos um and i'm a firm believer on this and you, whereas Warcraft, what Warcraft does is that the new hub city is where everybody gathers because they want to be in the center of everything. They want to make sure that they're, because they don't want to have to go, through, they don't want to have to jump through the 5 million hoops in order to get to the, where they got to go, especially when it's close to raid time. They want to be right there. Yep. Because you're led, you're, 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 you're herded into these new zones. Whereas in Final Fantasy, a lot of the newer cities, they may not be as busy as the three major cities from a realm freaking reborn. Mm -hmm. And when you have, when you have a game where when you come into the game, you come into one of the one of the three major cities, depending on what class you choose, and you see it just a ton of people there you're going to be like okay this is not a dead game yeah cuz you don't have to get to the end in order to see the level 90 people standing around doing stuff and talking you know you don't have to wait to go and see all your friends because you know all oh, you're there uh, it's more of oh you're there okay i'll be there in a minute you know, it's it's the keeping the content fresh and and ready for everyone to consume and to use in a way that doesn't feel as if you did it before. Yep. That and is, uh, honestly, that's all people want. If you if you think about it. Yeah. All pe anything that has been successful. Very few people ask, hey, I want. I want, uh, I like this, but I just want it to be different. I want, I want you to totally change. No one has ever really asked, hey, I want this, but change everything. People all have always asked, I want, I just want more of this. I want more of this feeling, this fun that I've had. Yeah. I just want this, but more. Yeah. And like, and like, I'll be honest, like when hitting max level at 
in, in either one of the games. I can go back and I could do old content in Final Fantasy and do it easy, easy peasy. Sure. Heck, heck, with the new game plus system that Final Fantasy have has in it. You know what? I want to go experience Heaven's Ward again. Yeah. You can go and experience the entire story in chapters whenever you want again. And that's just at any point you want to do it. Yes. Whereas any point you want to do it in uh, Warcraft, and this isn't the Warcraft bashing podcast. Warcraft did do a lot of cool stuff, right? However, oh, one hundred percent. Like um, I, I, like I said, I'm a I. Mm. But anyway, uh, in Warcraft, you could go back to older content, but it was either through like time walking stuff or mm-hmm. stuff involving Chromie or the absolute volcano whether there's a good or a bad thing, which is the classic servers. Yes. But mm-hmm. that is a subject for another time. I but see. But, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say, like, but see, that that is not revisiting, keeping old content. That's, that's, that's not keeping old content fresh. That is simply holding on to the nostalgia. Yeah. And I feel that, You, it, it, it's a cash grab, and it's it, it, it's it's a means to get people. It's it's a mean it's a means to get how they would say for any live event or movie or whatever. It's it's a means to get the butts in the seats. Yep, and it it uh, it it's just like I like and like like you were saying. Like, it's just, there is, like, Warcraft did a lot of really great things, and I could go through a lot of the stuff that Warcraft did sure. amazing and did very well, and some things that I would like to see to possibly be implemented into, like, Final Fantasy. And there's other MMOs that have done other things that did that were very, very done very well that I would like to see done in the games that I love because I want to to have all of the things that I like into one package. And then I would be, ex- I would be a happy, I'd be a happy plague doctor at that point. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I get you. I just want all of the good things, none of the bad in this one spot. Yes. It would be amazing. <laughs> it would, it would 100% be amazing. I want to you know, eat my MMO. Just bring all the food to me. And yeah. <laughs> Legit, legitimately, you know, maybe, maybe we should just pull a dock if we get big enough and just create our own game studio. Uh, um, one day, one day, you know, I'm not gonna, <laughs> you know, it is going to be, you know what? No, when we make our own game studio, because yeah. <laughs> I, I have full confidence that we can. Uh, but I'm, you know, and. I say that that's a good place to to end the end, yeah. end the end the episode. I, I, I would the podcast. say the I would say um uh topic properly explored. Um, 
before we go, definitely want to say another uh, shout out to Artie. Thank you so much for emailing in. We appreciate it. And if anybody else has stuff they want to talk about, want to say hi, we will say hi back. If you want to ask us questions, if you have a topic, if you have stories you would like for us to read, please check us out and send us an email at deadonesyndicate at gmail.com. We are again on YouTube, on uh, anchor on Spotify. I should be. I need to be able to do this in all one breath, but I am out of shape, so it's not going to happen. Um, we're on uh, all the relevant places. We're also on TikTok, so check yep. us out there. Follow us, like us, subscribe, thumbs up, whatever it is you need to do. And before we go, I we have our um, uh, what are we doing and who are we shouting out? I have. Oh, I totally forgot about the shouting out <laughs> aspect of this. Like, whoa, boy. Okay. Um. I'll, uh, first of all, what am I playing? I haven't been playing it very often, but it is this fun little game called Retrowave. And anybody who knows me, I am an absolute manic when it comes to Vaporwave, to Stark Synth, to Synthwave, to Retrowave, all that stuff. I love that style, I love that aesthetic, I love that kind of music. And Retrowave is literally just a car that you drive to like synthwave tunes and try to rack up a score and then you get money and then you buy another car and that is it it is a two dollar game on steam and i i just like driving and listening and trying to rack up a high score i cannot tell you why i like this game i think it reminds me of old school it reminds me of old school um uh, arcade cabinet racing games, but without mm-hmm. the high octane, like trying to swerve and get, it's just, it's just driving on an infinite highway of Neo. Driving and vibing. Driving and vibing the whole way. So retro yeah. wave, check it out on steam, support developers, oh, all that jazz. Oh, I, I am wholly unprepared for this. Um, <laughs> I well, mean, if you're not got anything to play, do you have anybody you want to shout out? Um, I mean, like I said, I said wholly unprepared. <laughs> um, well, who was that guy you were telling me about earlier? Um, that was talking about MMOs. Oh yeah, um, uh, Josh Stri- Josh Strife Hayes. I mean, he does have a quite a big a big following. Um, but if you want somebody who is unabashedly opinionated and gives like a good thorough go and doesn't he doesn't he doesn't shy away from hitting the hard subjects when it comes to MMOs and games in general um but he's not a um for lack of better wor- for lack of better terms a prick about it yeah he's he's very brutal with his opinions but he's not yeah he's not a dick no he and like the, the case in point um he he loved Neverwinter. It's actually Neverwinter MMO was how he got his start. Yeah. Um and he went and he has a game he has a, a video series uh called The Worst MMO. The Worst MMO question mark. And he does he plays different um plays different MMOs out there and he gives his honest opinion. And he gave his honest opinion about the state of Neverwinter now. And a lot of the points I didn't know because I haven't played it in a long time. 
um, I, in viewpoints that I had seen since going back, just as just as a surface level, he it broke his heart to to say it it's not worth it because it's a game that he holds in a high regard, but he he doesn't ha- he doesn't let his love for a game blind him. Is basically what I'm getting at. Yeah, he's honestly got a lot of a lot to say about a lot of games, mm-hmm. and in general, just a good take on a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's just and he, he just seems like a very honest and chill, relaxed dude. Like you can when you when you hear him talk, he they, he keeps it at a I won't say monotone, but he keeps it at a, a at a nice tone, so that they're. There, you you don't feel like you're you yourself are getting angry. It's very narrative. Very narrative. Um, excellent he, to just put on the background and just listen to, if yeah. you want a good voice to listen to. Um, and honestly, that that's like you don't need to see a lot of his videos or what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And he is and he is very comical as well. He'll crack a joke or, or three while he's doing it. Um, but yeah, I mean that. That would be that would be who I would like. Uh, one of the, I mean, there's a lot of people I would like to shout out, but put on the spot and not thinking about it made me go, <laughs> "Oh my god, I forgot what I was." <laughs> All right. Well, there's uh, someone, and if uh, you're interested in um, Magic the Gathering uh, content at all, I would recommend Pleasant Kenobi. He's on uh, he's on YouTube. He is on Twitter. And he just general like gives good uh, feedback when it comes to the trading card side of things. Um, he does talk about uh, the state of the game of Magic Arena. He talks about um, sets as they're coming out. He's got really good comedic timing. So yeah, uh, check him out as well. Really good guy. Much bigger than us, but hi, hey, pay attention to us. We would love to talk. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I guess that's about it. Nothing else really to do. Doing good time today. So thank you all so much for listening, if indeed you still are, and see colon slash end.